Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. Hi, I'm Beth. If you're anything like me, you didn't go into marriage thinking that you would get divorced. But that's where I found myself. Now I'm helping single divorce moms find support, solidarity, and strength from within when they get divorced. I'm so excited that you're here. This is So I Got Divorced. Let's get to it. Hey, Mickey. Hi. Thank you you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for, for having me and the opportunity. I'm so excited to have this conversation about co-parenting, especially about co-parenting with confidence Mm. after divorce. I think what I love about your content that you're putting out there is it's super specific. You're not really holding back from talking about any of the topics and any of the feelings that might come up with co-parenting. And you're really giving like actionable things that that folks can do to co-parent. Thank you. That, that warms my heart more than, you know, because those were all the things that I wanted to do. So the fact that it's coming through, I'm grateful that you've reflected that back. Thank you. Yeah. So can you give us a little bit of a backstory? Like how did you come to talking more about this topic about co-parenting? Yeah. I'll try to give you the brief rundown. So I, I think like all of us, right, we end up teaching what it is we need to learn. And I was very much the prototypical type A perfectionist, get it all done. I had my own company, successful business, marriage, a child. Uh, I was checking all the boxes for the happy life. And one night, all of that came crashing down. And I very quickly got my rug of certainty pulled out from under me. And over the following year that transpired after that, I ended up deciding that my marriage was not something that I could stay in for myself or for my son in that I wasn't showing up as the woman that I wanted to be or the mother that I wanted to be. And with that realization, I really became hyper-focused on changing um, for my child and figuring out how to create a life that would benefit him, that would be a safe place for him to grow up. And so I... And I'm making it sound like it was very easy and fun. (laughs) And it was not. It was um, a train wreck a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I sort of understood is that there's no one talking about what happens after, right? We have a lot of people talking about how to keep your marriage together. We have a lot of people talking about how to get divorced. But what happens after that? And specifically, you know, there's a lot in, in, in the media or in the movies, you see all the examples of quote unquote, a bad divorce and all the damage that that does to the kids and the conflict and the hatred and, you know, all of that. And I just had this sort of voice inside me saying I could do it differently. And I didn't know what that looked like, but I clung to it like, (laughs) like a desperate 
desperate clinging to, I'm going to figure out how to do this differently. And that belief that I really believe was implanted in me from a higher power, because it was not something that I had available to myself at that time, but I started to look for ways that I could do it differently and what that would look like. And one of the things that it looked like was learning how to love myself, love my child, love my ex-husband, love the way that our family looked. And when I say love, I'm not talking about puppies and rainbows, but I'm talking about doing the actual hard work and um, making the decisions to support us in a loving way. So that's what we've gone about it on a journey of figuring out how to co-parent and how to create a family that looks different from the one that I thought it would be, but that works. And so that's kind of, I guess, long story short, how I landed here. And um, along that journey, I found um, positive psychology. I met a life coach there and thought, what is that? I'd never heard of it. (laughs) And then ended up going to life coaching school, loving every second of it. And I started my own coaching practice and it has just been such a gift. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your story. (laughs) And so much of that of your story resonates with me looking at my life as I really want to give the best life that I can to my son and me being in the situation isn't it mm-hmm. and having to make those really hard decisions. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like no one's talking about what happens after a divorce. I mean, that's, that's part of why I started my podcast as well, because I'm like, my life literally fell apart. And mm-hmm. now what do I do? So right. Yeah, yeah, it's a journey. Oh, my heart goes out to you, Beth. It is. Um, it's one of the things that people don't talk about is what it feels like to have just the floor. I, I literally have chills in this moment when I say it because the floor gets pulled out from under you. And there's a lot to navigate in that. And we're having to navigate that and be the loving, supportive, amazing mom to a child when we are in emotional distress. And it is challenging. It's really hard. Yeah. So can you talk about, so I think this is probably a common experience for women that are going through divorce where you're having to wrestle with all of these feelings and still be present with your child or children and also cooperate with this person that you had this relationship with. How how do we do that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's, it's twofold. And I think I kind of touched on it in that it's, I believe it's a decision that we make. We decide the direction that we want to go. Do we want to fight or do we want to create something different? And if we decide that we want to create something different, that we want to come from a place of love, we want to come from a place of wholeness, we have to actually start to step into that every day and make the decisions that are in support of that. One of the first things that I do with my clients is really start to create a vision statement based on values. What is important to us? What do we truly want in our life? And if what we want is cooperation, is confidence in our parenting, is honoring and valuing our own well-being and others, then we actually have to step into the behaviors and the actions and the feelings and the thoughts that are going to support that. And this is an intentional way of living. So the first thing, I think part of it is allowing yourself to heal, allowing yourself to be where you are instead of wanting it to be different. Nobody wants to feel awful. 
Nobody wants to be in that place of rejection and hurting. So we need to first take care of ourselves. As a conscious parenting coach, you know, most of parenting is not about the child. It's about reparenting yourself. And when we are in times of trauma, in times of healing, in times of despair, that needs to be the focus, really taking care of ourselves and letting that be enough in that moment so that we can become stronger, more solid, more responsible, more present, quicker, right? The more we resist it, the longer it is that we would just prolong the suffering, prolong the sort of disconnection. So we really want to, I would say, take the time that we need. If you have support around you, get that support, get the space that you need to heal so that you can show up for your child quicker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes so much sense. So when you're talking about healing and you mean like emotionally Mm -hmm. and maybe just like recovering from the divorce, is there anything else you might be looking at when you're talking about healing? Yes. So I think, um, you know, there's the divorce and many times we think, okay, we got divorced. We got divorced so that we would feel better. Then we get on the other side of it and uh oh, maybe we don't feel so good. And that's what I mean by sort of allowing the healing process to take place. It takes time. But when we're telling ourselves we shouldn't still feel this way, it should be different. I don't like the way it is, right? We can do all those things, but it's like trying to learn how to do them from a place of non-resistance instead of pushing and, and changing and sort of manipulating We have to learn to heal and just allow for where we are. And then again, make those choices that actually is in support of where we want to go. If we have a difficult, you know, people come to me all the time and I hear, well, I can't co-parent confidently or better because of my ex. He's too difficult. And I understand there are people that are very difficult and co-parenting is not only difficult when you have a good relationship. But when we have all the baggage that hasn't been dealt with and we're trying to deal with what the conflict at hand, it's like a giant (laughs) mess of yarn that is just tangled beyond recognition. And so it's really about kind of untangling that, that yarn, that ball of yarn to figure out what can I deal with? What's my responsibility? What do I have no control over letting that go and focusing really on what you do have control over? And if I very much want to have connection or good communication, I have to be a good communicator. Mm -hmm. I have to be willing to connect. Does that make sense? So it's, I think, starting to become what it is you're looking for. And that's where we make that decision and we step into it one step at a time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's, it's not easy, right? It's not easy to be reflective of what's going on internally and also trying to figure out how you can be a good communicator and how you can sort of wrestle with all of these things that maybe are, are very apparent now that you never really paid attention to, like Mm -hmm. how you deal with situations or like how you handle emotions and those Mm -hmm. types of things. Yeah. And I think so often we really want to do, you know, okay, well I'm communicating better. I'm being very clear in my communication, but we're not getting the result that we want, right? Mm -hmm. The other person isn't changing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is life, right? That's the hard part. But we actually have, while we can't change other people, we can influence more than we believe that we can. 
And it's almost just that commitment to showing up for me, showing up for myself, showing up for my child in the way that I want to. The other parent is allowed to act however they want. They're Mm -hmm. a human like me with free will, Mm -hmm. but I get to be in control of how I show up. And so if I'm able to respond versus react, I just feel better. When I feel better, I show up better. It doesn't mean the other person's going to change, but I change the way that I feel about it. And that is what we have control over. And I believe that's the lesson for our children. Mm -hmm. So you talk a lot about co-parenting, but it sounds like it's more about yourself. Like the co-parenting relationship is like more about like taking control of your life and figuring out your stuff so that you can actually just like move forward. Yeah. Because imagine when you come from a place, I was just um, talking with a client yesterday, right. Who's very frustrated with where she's at right now, that nothing's changing, that he's very difficult, that all the things that might not ever change. There's nothing that I can teach you that will change the other person. But could you imagine a life where you're confident in the decisions that you make, that you feel in control of yourself so much so that whatever he's doing just kind of bounces off you, that -hmm. you can see it from a clear place of, I might not like what you're doing, but I know that I'm going to show up for myself here. I trust myself to not engage in the drama, to not engage in the negativity to not go down that path that doesn't serve me, right? I'm not going to get hooked into that. It's like we get taken off the, the, it's like a fish with the hook in his mouth, right? Mm -hmm. We're just getting reeled in all the time. We got to take it out and be in charge of where we're swimming and where we're headed. We're no longer attached to that, that drama and that conflict. So yes, I talk about co-parenting. And if I, I tell every client, if I had the magic wand that could change your ex to be really nice and friendly and do everything you want, Lord knows I would give it to you, right? (laughs) I would gladly sell that thing every, I give it away, right? We don't have it. Mm -hmm. But the more we show up for ourselves, the more we take control of what we do have control over, which is our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions, we are a greater influence on the world than we could ever be otherwise, right? And that high loving energy is the strongest energy in the room. And so I want to be coming from that place because that place has the most impact and the most power. The low level negativity, drama, criticism, blaming, um, conflict, it's very low energy. And so I want to make sure that I'm coming from a place where I have the most impact over myself, over my child, you know, and in, in the world and who I impact. It's so powerful, Mickey. It's just, it's so, (laughs) it, um, it gives me, even just hearing you talk about it gives me so much like confidence. And I feel like even more empowered just by hearing you say that, because I think that shift is just what makes the difference, right? Like that shift is so important. It is so important. And there's a little secret that I'll let you in on that maybe some people out there don't know that every single one of us, every human in this world is already whole and worthy and completely loved exactly as they are. We are all, I believe, connected from this. We're all created from the exact same source. We come to this earth in this experience already fully worthy, whole and loved. We just forget it. 
right? And we're striving out there trying to prove that we're worthy to try to get love, to try to do all of those things. And in that trying is when we lose sight of it. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is hold that belief because I know this to be true. I know this to be true about myself, about you, Beth, about my child, about my ex, about his wife, about my partner, about his ex-wife, right? I know this to be true about every single one of us. And when I can connect to that place and come from that place, I show up differently. I make mistakes every single day, like every day, but I can do it with, I'm learning to do it with a looseness, a looser grip on it where you just come from a more empowered, confident place when I don't have to strive to do all those things. I just decided to believe in the wholeness and the worthiness and the lovability that I have. And it has taught me to show up differently in my life. And so that's really what I want to teach other women, Mm. because when we do that for ourselves, we are the example for our children of that. And imagine if our kids didn't have to learn the hard way as much as we did. Yeah, it's so good. Um, one thing that you mentioned before was um, conscious parenting and mm-hmm. just sort of reparenting yourself. Can you talk more about that? And if if people don't know what conscious parenting is, can you um, sort of explain that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I was trained by um, Dr. Shafali, who wrote The Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. Um, if you haven't read it and you're interested in conscious parenting, I think The Awakened Fa- Family is an amazing book. It's a beautiful sort of manifesto about what life could look like. Conscious parenting is really about learning how to parent from a place of responsiveness versus reaction. And what I mean by that is to be more connected and more present with your child, understanding what is actually happening versus the story that we're telling ourselves. You know, when our kids struggle, it's really hard. Um, we want to fix it. We want to change it. We don't want them to feel it, right? We feel like it's like chicken little. The whole world is, the sky is falling when our kids are in distress. But so often when we're disconnected and we're looking at the problem, what we're missing is the larger context, right? I believe that all children, like all humans, are naturally good. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety. If... Your child naturally wants to do well. If they're not doing quote unquote well, they're missing a skill or something isn't available to them that they need to be able to do it. So the way that I like to frame conscious parenting is that we kind of get all the BS, all of the shoulds that we like to pile on ourselves. We, you know, how many times a day do you say, well, you should do this, or I should feel that way, or he should have done this, right? All of those shoulds, we just should on ourselves and create a giant pile of shoulds that we're living under. So we have to clear out those expectations of what we think it should be and actually get clear about what is true today. When we're clear about what is true in this moment, we actually have more power to change it because we can see it clearly without all the stuff that we fight against. And so for me, conscious parenting is really learning to become more present, 
more conscious, more connected so that I can be a stronger influence and, and more responsive in my life versus reactionary. Mm -hmm. So that was my. Yeah, no, I, I love it. Um, I learned about conscious parenting a couple of years ago and I was like, oh my goodness, this makes so much sense. Like Mm -hmm. I can connect with my kid and I can Mm. trying to think of like another example where I just, I understand, I reframe like what he's doing from a different perspective and not Mm -hmm. like he's being bad or in like labeling things, but just being able to understand him as a person Mm -hmm. in that process, learning that I needed to reparent myself. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of things that I needed to unpack so that I could be present and see him as a whole person. Yeah. They, you know, we have a lot of attachment to our children. We think we brought them into this world. Therefore they're our property, right? They're ours to attach all kinds of dreams and goals and things to. They like us are just spirits that were brought here, right? They're not our property. They don't belong to us. We are sort of the guide for them in this mm-hmm. life. And the reason I bring that up is because so often what we're struggling with is those expectations that we've put on them or the beliefs that we think should be happening. And when we have all of that, it's about us, not them. And that clouds our vision of what they truly need and who they truly are. And so conscious parenting is really about understanding who you are, who your child is, and then how do you learn to walk the journey together in support of them. A lot of people will think it's really uh, a lack of discipline. Um, Discipline is actually just, it's gotten very misconstrued. We think of discipline now as punishment um, in society. And so people think conscious parenting, there's just no consequences. There's, you know, it's this fluffy, like whatever goes. It, it, I don't believe that that's true. Conscious parenting in the way that I understand it is a very disciplined approach in that discipline means a very singular focus on a goal where you show up to do that. It's like an athlete training for the Olympics, right? They're going to show up every day and they're going to put in the work that's necessary. They're going to align all of their actions towards that, the way that they eat, the way that they sleep, the way that they exercise, So when I have a conscious parenting directive, I am looking at it from a long-term, I want to grow, help grow a healthy adult, right? So I'm not looking at the problems today as much as I am, what does it look like for them to become an adult who is healthy and balanced and aligned in the world? And so it's not about short-term punishments and timeouts and things like that. It's about what is the skill that's necessary? And am I willing to be a guide on the process to get there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why do you think that co-parenting and this conscious parenting go so well together? Or when you work with clients, do you, you focus on both? Yes. I mean, it's, yes, I think, um, as coaches and, and just people, we are, we're all multifaceted, right? So I don't take a, I think, a direct hard line from either thing, the way that I work with people and the way that I talk in the podcast and, and sort of my, my values as a coach is really sort of from all of the things that I've learned. I've been on a spiritual journey for the last two or three years that has really profoundly impacted me. Um, the conscious parenting, 
again, I, I learned about it years ago. I ended up going through and getting certified in it so that I could understand it on a deeper level. I went to the life coach school and had, you know, a year long training there as well. And I have now been um, certified in advanced relationship training. Like I really dive into all of these things because I a, love learning and I love to bring more tools. Uh, what I tell my clients is, you know, life is going to be challenging. The one thing we're guaranteed is that we'll always change. So I want to make sure that I help you have a toolkit that whatever happens, you feel prepared to handle it and building that trust in yourself. And so I would say that I use all of those things. And the reason that I love talking about co-parenting, you know, you hear a lot about high conflict divorce and high conflict sort of trying to mediate between families. I, people reach out all the time with just heartbreaking stories of devastation. And I just really, if I can help a small amount of women create positive change in their life and positive change for their children, then I will die a very happy person because I made an impact in that way. You know, fighting and drama and all of that is, is sexy, right? That's what sells. That's what we watch on reality television and all of the things, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good when you hit your head on the pillow at night and you're in that conflict. I believe our natural set point is actually peace and calm and contentment. Mm -hmm. Um, and sufficiency. And so that is the life that I am interested in and always trying to learn how to create more of. Yeah. That's amazing. And I, yeah, I think that that's a, an amazing goal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just, there's too much in the world that you see, um, of conflict and I understand, and I know Beth, you understand how painful it is when, what you believe to be your life is, is gone and it's devastating, but it doesn't have to be the end. There Mm -hmm. is more. I actually love my family the way it is more now than I think I might have. And I don't know, but looking back, but my ex and I have come to a place that I think I should interview him. (laughs) You know, we're, um, you know, we've been texting back and forth all day about trying to, you know, how we're going to work the holidays because of his job and what I'm, you know, just we're cooperating with one another without, well, it's your time or it's your time and you should be doing this, right? It's about our son. What is his experience? Does he feel loved? Does he feel supported here? Because at the end of the day, to me, that's what our job is as parents is to give them a safe space to learn, to be themselves within this world. Mm. And so I'm committed to doing that. And it might look different than other families. Look, it might, you know, people will say to me all the time, well, you shouldn't take that, or you should be angry. Okay. Why? I don't want to be, I don't feel good feeling angry. Mm. Right. I'd much rather find a solution than be part of the problem. Right. Yeah. So trying to stay guided on that. That sounds like a much healthier version (laughs) to be. Well, and selfishly, it just feels better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's not that hard. I just feel better. Yeah. And and at the end of the day, if I feel better, then I'm a nicer person to be around. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. You mentioned the holidays. Is there any tip that you might have for someone who is trying to co-parent and 
just make it through the holidays because Mm -hmm. it can be a time of lots of emotions and Mm -hmm. just trying to, depending on where you are in the process, just trying to like navigate all of the feelings and maybe not being around your kid. Oh, I will probably cry because I still do. Um, I just did a workshop on Tuesday on this topic. Um, and I had a web, uh, my podcast came out about it too, um, how to be okay, even when you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And I think the one thing that I want to sort of really impress upon people is that we are hundred percent capable of creating the experience that we want. It requires us to make the decision. So we have to decide to be okay, even when we're not okay. And what does that mean? It means that I am going to intentionally choose ways to support myself so that I can start to feel differently. So I can start to act in ways that actually are in support of being okay versus not. And let me give you an example of what this looks like. I'll use a really silly example. Um, I now can watch the Hallmark channel, like binge watch the Christmas shows, right? (laughs) Hysterical. I think they're great. There was a period of time right after my divorce, if there was a Hallmark Christmas movie on, it would put me in a pit of despair because it was so happy and everyone was perfect. And I would go into a place of, oh my gosh, everything is wrong. My life is a disaster. I'm sitting here in this house all alone. I miss my child. So I use this example because we have to be really careful about what we consume, what we consume in the way of media, energy, other people, alcohol, food, what Netflix, whatever shopping, whatever it is, because we can kind of, we numb ourselves out and we end up creating more, more despair, more suffering. And so just a simple way is just be really present with how you're feeling and try to allow yourself to, I say to yourself, like, if you're feeling really, really anxious or really, really lonely, I like to say to myself, I am feeling really anxious right now. Or if I wake up and I'm feeling anxious, I feel anxious today. Because what that does is it kind of de-escalates our brain from thinking that it's forever. We go very, when we're in trauma, we go very black and white. Like I feel this way, I'm going to feel this way forever. So Mm -hmm. just saying to yourself with compassion, I always put my hand on my heart and say, I'm feeling this way now. And I know that it will change or I'm going to do something to help myself versus make it worse. And it's choosing intentionally how you want to show up. The other thing we talked about the other night that I think is, um, people ask me all the time is how do I not miss my kids when they're not with me? Right. But my question is, why would you want to, I don't want to not miss my kid when he's not with me. Right. Actually not at all. Right. I want to miss him. And be moving forward in a positive direction, Hmm. right? Because when we're so trying not to miss them, what do we do? Miss them more. (laughs) So sometimes if we just allow ourselves to miss them and it's okay, when we do that, it just, I mean, it just sort of like calms you down a little bit because I can miss them and be okay. Yeah. That's something that I've been exploring recently is that like two things can be true at the same time. Like, Mm -hmm. right. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that's like what you just said is just such a, like a, a happier place to be in Mm -hmm. just 
a way of understanding what's happening. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know that my, my kid is away and I miss them and I can do something for me also. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, you can, you can just miss them. Right. We, um, and yeah. I'd be happy to send it to you, but you know, I've been thinking a lot about like, everyone says to love yourself. Right. But what does that even look like? I mean, is there like a how-to on how to love yourself? (laughs) It's it's this big esoteric thing. Is it true? Yes. But how do we do it? Mm -hmm. So I think loving yourself is kind of pouring love into you. So if you make a list of 20 things that your soul loves, and 20 might sound like a lot, but I guarantee you can find them. Like for me, meditation, my morning coffee, uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, my spiritual practice in the morning, taking walks, any of those kinds of things, right? A bath, whatever it is, these things actually fill up my soul. They make me feel better. Mm -hmm. And so if I have that list of 20 things, the morning that I wake up and my son's gone and I'm feeling tremendously sad and I'm missing him and I'm wishing everything were different. That's when I get to decide to be okay. Maybe not in this moment, but I'm going to do something to get myself towards it. So I just check two things off the list. After I've done those two things to fill my soul, if I want to get back under the covers, fine, so be it, right? But at least I did those two things. And over time, when we commit to that, we're committing to to loving ourselves. When we commit to loving ourselves, we start showing up differently. Mm -hmm. It is not overnight, but over time, you look back and you're like, "Hmm," right? I'm feeling a little bit different. I'm having less anxiety. I'm feeling less worried, right? When we allow ourselves to go through the process, go through the healing and learn the skills that we need to do that over time, it makes a huge impact. Yeah. Is there anything that you encourage clients to do as far as like noticing where they are now and then Mm -hmm. sort of reflecting back? Oh, sure. Like, Like, I don't know, like a year later or something. Huge, right? Always celebrate the wins. There's two things I think are really important. One, prepare for the dip. Two, celebrate the wins, right? Mm. And the first one, prepare for the dip. We know the days are going to come when we feel awful. We know conflict will come. We know there will be the day that we just don't show up for ourselves or we yell at our kids or we, whatever it is know that that is going to be coming and have a plan for how to navigate it. And it'll look different for everybody, but let's say I completely lose my temper and I go off the handle on my kid. As soon as I can recognize it, as soon as I have that state of awareness that, okay, I didn't like that. I get to stop and reflect what was happening. What was I thinking and feeling? What do I wish I'd done different, right? Or what could I have done different and let that go. If we need to make amends, we do. I mean, there are times when I have to go say, okay, mom, just hundred percent lost it. I apologize. I'm going to try harder. I think being just able to say it and have that plan that this is what I'm going to do for myself. You know, do I need five minutes to myself? Do I, whatever it is, right? You have that plan and you stick to it. And then the second thing is celebrate the wins. Do look back, right? Maybe you haven't yelled in three days celebrate that, right? What have I been doing? Get curious about it. What's been working? What do I want to do more of? When we become so focused on the problems and we forget to look at the wins, we, we miss out on all those jewels and those nuggets of wisdom. Yeah. I love 
doing a little celebration or just like recognizing all of the things that you're doing on a daily basis. It can be really easy to just like get in the groove of life and you're doing all the things and to like stop and be like, Oh, I'm actually doing a really good job. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think, you know, this beautifully takes us to gratitude. Um, Oprah said that the biggest shift that ever happened in her life was from having a daily gratitude practice right? Mm -hmm. We cannot have a grateful and a negative thought at the same time. It just is impossible. And that's not talking about toxic positivity or ignoring, but I think to what you're saying, it's teaching ourselves and building our muscle of being able to be appreciative of what is available to us, what is in our life, what we are doing really creates powerful changes in the way that we show up for ourselves. Yeah. I just keep thinking like, everything that you're saying and the people that you're working with, it's just such a gift Mm -hmm. to be able to share this information with them because it can be so life-changing. Like it can really turn things around from like a very dismal situation or like feeling like it's very dismal Mm -hmm. and really turning it around to be super empowering Mm -hmm. and where, where women have confidence in their lives. Like that's huge. It is huge. And, you know, I, I'm reminded of one of my clients that, um, when we first started working together, you know, was devastated by the divorce, by what happened, um, was really struggling, upset when her kids weren't with her, you know, not being quote unquote productive or getting anything done because she was so sad, but then being at her wits end when they were with her, because she was overwhelmed with everything, right? Just the yo-yo and the back and forth. And she couldn't even look at her ex-husband, let alone talk to him or cooperate or any, she was just so angry. And I got a text from her after months of, we were working together for um, four months and I got a text and she said, I just, he was here dropping off for school because he brought the kids every day to the bus stop. And um, so he, she would see them out there and she'd wave to her kids, you know, and hug them. And she said, you know what? I invited him for coffee and we had a very awkward conversation and we stood in the kitchen of our home together, previous home together, had coffee. And then he just left and took the kids to school. And I said, that's amazing. Right. Like she was so excited. She's like, had you told me four months ago (laughs) that I could stand here and have coffee, even as awkward as it was. Yeah. She's like, I never would have believed you, but she, she did that. Right. She took control of her life, of her feelings, and she started showing up differently. And then one day she opened the door and said, do you want a cup of coffee? And he came in right now that that couple because you are a couple you are still a family right maybe not in the sense that you used to be but you are still a family that family can make choices now because they're interacting in a different way mm. not to say that it's all puppies and rainbows from here on out but when you have a spirit of cooperation you show up differently yeah and i just those are the moments that i just warm my heart because I mean, she was the pain she was in. And then to be able to just open the door and say, come on in. Yeah. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. So. Oh, Mickey, it's so good. Oh, Beth, it's so fun to talk to you. Thank Ah. you so much for, for allowing me the opportunity. I geek out on this stuff. It's what I love to talk about. And so any opportunity, I'm just so grateful that you, uh, that you offered this space for me with you today. 
Thank you so much. Um, where can, where can we find you? Oh, okay. So I'm just Mickey Gardner at Instagram. That's Amazon Mary, I-K-K-I, and then Gardner, G-A-R-D-N-E-R. Um, I have a podcast, uh, Co-Parenting with Confidence, um, that comes out every week. And then um, my website's just mickeygardner.com. So um, I will send all that to you, but, and I'm happy to always share. There's tons of re, uh, free resources I have. I do monthly free workshops. Um, I try to put as much value out in the world as I possibly can to help uh, get the message out that there's a different way to do this and you get to choose that way. It's so powerful. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to So I Got Divorced so that you don't miss an episode and follow me on Instagram at So I Got Divorced. See you next time.